We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, Roto Grinders fam? Welcome to week 10. Yes, it's already week 10 of the absolutely epic early week podcast. I am your host on this wonderful show, JM to Win. And it's wonderful because of the guys I'm hanging out with, Grant Nieper and Bobby Firestone. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, happy to be here with you guys. Uh, didn't have a great NFL weekend. That Julio drop sort of changed the game flow. I had a lot of Julio, McCaffrey, Newton, Stacks. So that kind of turned my day around a little bit with I had Hilton, but uh, not enough apparently. So not a great week, but ready to get for it uh, back towards another one. Uh, it's been a it's been a little bit of a rough uh, go this football season, but fortunately I've played a little smaller because I just feel like I can't tell what's happening week to week. Sometimes I'm, I mean I just I just never seem to have the right plays in the right spots, or there's injuries, and I don't know. Just looking forward to trying to come back at it again this week, I guess. Yeah, the uh, it's also been a weird season in that I don't think we've ever seen chalk like get this heavy on certain players and you know i take a a different approach in cash games than some than most in that i really don't worry about ownership at all so the week when eric decker was whatever he was 60 percent owned in double ups and put up zero points i didn't have decker anywhere near my rosters but that can also backfire because this week i felt the ty hilton was not the best play and did not use him uh, and had said, thank you, Grant. Uh, I'd said in my article and on my show that the week would basically hinge on T.Y. Hilton, whether or not you rostered him, because he really could get five points and ruin everyone's rosters or 35 points and crush everyone who didn't have him. Yeah, I think so. I think it was a, uh, from a game theory perspective, I think that was actually like a really correct decision. Yeah, I mean, and you know, just you take the uh, a high variance play and you have to take one side or the other on it especially when he's going to be highly owned. So uh, interesting week for me. I did have a team I almost settled on as my main team at like four in the morning on Sunday morning that would have uh, put up like 181 points and had a really nice weekend for me that had T.Y. Hilton, but obviously did not end up there. Grant, you sound to be, uh, you seem to be in good spirits. So what do you have for us for Grant's rant? Oh, gosh, I don't know why I would be in free in good spirits. Today, I spent three entire hours at the DMV, and I wrote down notes about what ridiculous things happened to me. First of all, if you see someone smiling at the DMV, they're clearly a sociopath. 
never ever talk to those people because it just gets weird just trust me um i don't know i guess that's one of, that's one of the only that, by the way that's about I, it I, that's, the only, that's the only thing off no, of no, i also like do you ever see like up in portland people wearing uh surgical masks just around not often no apparently it, it, it's it's a sick thing if you're sick apparently in japanese culture you wear a gas or a surgical mask uh, to make sure you don't get other people sick. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. All the I times I've seen it, I just Googled it. Yeah, it, it's so they don't get other people sick. Time. It's apparently a thing of respect. Although I did once see someone wearing a gas mask while driving, and that was that just didn't make sense to me at all. Just a full-on <laughs> gas mask. It was very weird. But I guess uh, that's very polite is, of them. <laughs> yeah, my rant is: I found out I know two people who have had wet dreams on an airplane. Don't know what I'm going to say about that, but it's just out there. I don't know what you does do that tie into the DMV at all. Did you meet them at the DMV? Um, no, but the bathroom was very smelly there, like the mo- dirtiest bathroom I've ever seen in my life. It was. I, I didn't wash my. Hands well, your mic's already messing up, so we must be three minutes and fifty-five <laughs> seconds into the show. Oh gosh, is it still messing up? Uh, no, not at that moment. Okay, well, Ray LA Internet, I guess. You sound so you sound so sad now. Oh, yeah, I just I want my internet and mic to go well. That's all I want. I just want to make you proud, Dad. Uh, I have something that can make you happy. Uh, we have punishment to dole out. Do you want to wait till the end of the show so you can come up with a suitable tweet, or do you have something for me? Um, I'm, I'm just gonna go with the first three su- thoughts that came in my head. Oh, I've got the third one already. Well, let's see if I can figure it out by the end of the first two. Hey, everyone! I would like I would like to invite you to tickle my pickle. Hashtag full sodium. Hashtag they're green. Hashtag Hulk smash. The second one is I'm going full on vegan. And sprinkling horse manure on all my food from that now on. Hashtag happy belly. Um, <laughs> I had a third one that was way less mean. Oh, it's skibidop boppity bop, boop bop beep bop, bobbity boop, boop bop. Hashtag I'm a scat man. Uh, I, I would deem that third one not up to your usual standards. So while I would happily take that and get away with it, I'm going to take the second one. <laughs> with the horse manure because that's too good to not post. <laughs> yeah, I didn't so, want to be too mean to you this week because someone decided to change the tweet I sent him last week and I'm still angry. It's only uh, because it was it didn't fit in correctly. It was not like I was trying to get out of it. talked about it during it. You're allowed to quote the tweet and say, listen to the early week pod to see why. All right. Well, I was already depressed about my week at the time, so I wasn't paying. It was uh, it was a really good tweet, even with the changes in it. it By the way, I almost took down a. I didn't tell you how my week went. I almost took down the fantasy draft live queue, and then Des got injured, oh. and they never did anything in the for in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's and brutal, he had like man. Thirty points from Kelsey, Des, Dak, and Hill in the second half, and I didn't get that. Oh, Man. God. That's brutal. Back at it this week. Right. Yeah, back at still, it this week. I had my best week yet from football. I got I like 100% ROI, which just shows you how bad this season has gone for most of it. <laughs> uh, well, this was definitely not my best week, so we'll try to turn the page and see what we can set up for this week. I'm going to kick it off right because I'm going to have a, a horrible tweet that I have to post. So, That's good. We only went seven minutes for random talk. Yeah. So anybody who skipped ahead to ten minutes uh, will miss the beginning. Uh, actually, introduction, we're going to play a new game tonight called Either Or. So rather than uh, eight recent trends, this week I'm going to give each of you uh, two players who are in the same general price range, basically the same exact price range, and have you guys choose which you would take. Now, I'm going to give you a few rules for this game. Uh, first off, I decide who wins each round. Uh, second of all, if there's a tie after these eight rounds, and there probably will be, we'll have a special lightning round. Uh, whoever goes first gets to pick whichever player they want. The other person can either argue against that player with their own points for the other side, or if you pick the same player, you have to add additional points of why you like that player. Does that make sense? 
deal. This sounds like like bang, Mary kill, but different. I didn't catch it because your mic screwed up, but it probably whatever you said is probably a hundred percent accurate. Oh, the game Bang Mary Kill. Uh, this is exactly like it. Okay, I don't know that game, but I'm sure you're right. So we're gonna start with uh, a couple mid-priced wide receivers: Sterling Shepard uh, versus the 49ers, or Juju Smith-Schuster against Indianapolis. Grant, you're up first. Who do you take? I don't look at their pr- where are their prices. Uh, they're like fifty-five and fifty-seven hundred. Oh yeah, fifty-five and fifty-six. Well, um, just it looks like I'm probably going to take Shepard. San Francisco is so incredibly anemic that they let just let Stanton get two touchdown passes early on. They have just a horrific defense. The Giants are so anemic on offense that their only real good wide receiver is Shepard. There's a wide receiver one with the quarterback that has two options passing to Ingram and him. He's going to get a giant volume of workload. He had nine targets this last week. He should be more acc- or more healthy now. I don't. I can't even remember how much of the injury he recovered from this last week. Um, it's a seven and a half point spread, so it's actually going to be a lot closer game. San Francisco is going to have what's his nuts Garoppolo at quarterback, so they're probably going to do quite a bit better. I have a feeling that Gruden's going to be able to acclimate him to the offense very very quickly. Um, Shepard's going to get more targets. There's a good chance that Bryant's back. Uh, and Indy is one of the worst teams against the rush. They're 11 points favored, so I, favored. So I have a very big feeling that they're just going to rush with Bell the entire time. They've been giving him 30 touches a week, and Brown is probably just going to get 12 targets. So this really doesn't leave much with Juju. Plus, Juju is going to be so much higher owned. It's going to be really ridiculous. Is there a time limit on this? Because I, that was I mean, I know I was expecting like I was expecting like nine seconds. Not really nine, but. That was extraordinarily impressive. I mean, that was. Uh, that really was. If we wanted to do a, a talking thing and we had a time limit, I actually I thought it would have favored me, but that was pretty impressive. Bobby, um, do you want to do you want to um, concede this round or do you have uh, I mean, I'll, a, I'll concede it. I agree. I, 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 pick, I take Sterling Shepard, too, for a lot of the – Grant made a lot of good points. He's the number one receiver. The, the one thing that Grant didn't touch on at all is game flow. I, don't, I think Pittsburgh can win this game on the ground. I don't think Smith-Schuster is anywhere near as much of a lock to see anywhere near the workload that Shepard is, yet somehow I feel like he'll be more popular. Wait, I got to – No, like, you oh, touched like, on it. We fell asleep one, toward the three. end there. Oh, my goodness. I don't even get to talk on this one. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, got, I had a whole other point to it, and – and I'm just saying the, the actual game, but like like well, like Grant was saying about the San Francisco secondary, it's a joke, and they're going to get lit up by any number one they face. They, it will happen the rest of the season, and that, I'm not going to keep trying to argue this one because we're just going to give it to Grant, and he interrupted me when I tried it anyway. So, all right, Grant gets the first point. Uh, Grant, I was surprised. I really thought we would get a Smith Schuster from you, given how much you love him. But I do agree with both you guys. Just the fact that Shepard is locked in as a number one receiver. It's going to be a ton of targets for 5,500 on a talented uh, wide receiver, like just locked in targets. So you got to like that. Uh, all right, Bobby, you'll get the first one this time then. Um, there's actually. You have the first the rest of the time. The uh, indications right now are that Garoppolo will not start this next week and might not even start for several weeks. So uh, there's not a lot to just love at the high end of the quarterback price range. Obviously, we can we can make a case for some guys, but we always like paying down at quarterback. So. Two quarterbacks under 5K. Uh, one is C.J. Beathard, who doesn't sound like a great play until you factor in the fact that the 49ers run an up-tempo offense, pass a ton. His worst game this year has been 12 points, and he's playing the awful Giants pass defense. The other is Ryan Fitzpatrick stepping in for Jameis Winston on the Bucks. So, Bobby, between those two, who do you have? I know who Grant's going to take here, so I'm going to beat him to it. I'm going to take Fitzpatrick on the Bucks. I still believe that he has playmaking ability, and he still has some playmakers even without Evans on that offense. There's enough targets for him. He loves to use his tight end. I think him and Great Brayton make a great pairing. I have. I don't really like have any faith in the 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 Jets defense as a whole, especially the back end of it. I think that there's 
a lot of weaknesses here. I think this is still a, a spot where Tampa Bay is going to try and run their regular offense. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball as easily as they're going to try to. They're probably going to try early on. I think the Jets will be able to match Tampa Bay. I actually really like this as a game stack. I think that it makes a lot more sense. I don't really have any interest in playing Beathard. I understand it. I just don't think the ceiling is really necessarily there. I think he's really bad, personally, and watching him play might be biased, making my opinion a little bit biased, but there's no way I'm playing Bethard, and there's a good chance I'll play at least a little bit of Fitzpatrick. I think there's a chance he could actually surprise some people here, and this is a team that could be also, if they're, I mean, in any kind of game flow situation there, if they can't run the ball, he can create a lot more than most, than, uh, than Bethard. Well, I don't know, actually. Bethard has some pretty good wheels, too, but I definitely am leaning towards Fitzpatrick. Uh, so, Bobby, saying all that, I take it that if Evans does get his suspension overturned, uh, you'll have s- serious interest in Fitzpatrick this week. Yeah, I have. I, st- I still have some interest anyway, but I definitely will. That'll have a that'll have a large determining factor of, of it. <laughs> right on, uh, Grant. What about you? Any any chance you'll go Bethard over Fitzpatrick? I'll make the argument for it. Let's see, Bethard. Yeah, uh, he is going against the team that, although they are known as having. A great secondary. They are ranked 14th and 31st versus wide receivers one, wide receivers two. They're ranked 23rd and DBO or 24th and DVOA overall against the pass. They're not a very good team, and even though they are a crap team there in San Francisco, or I mean crap, crap team in the Giants, San Francisco's worse, so they're going to be coming from behind because of that terrible, terrible defense. So they're going to be passing a whole lot more. While Fitzpatrick, because Mike Evans is out, and because of the fact that he throws a lot of interceptions, they're likely to lean more on the run. I mean, even in his 31 passing ten, or 31 passing touchdown season, he still had 15 interceptions. He had 17 in 14 games last year. He's always been a guy that's thrown a ton of interceptions, averaging over one per game. And they know that. What they're going to do more is rely more heavily on the run because Doug Martin is actually a decent running back. Uh New York is twenty fourth versus the run. You should lose. You should lose based on that comment alone. <laughs> just for saying that. I'm, la- I'm laughing because Grant sounds like a robot. He's just like Grant. You just clicked into like stats mode and just fire fire him off like crazy. I love it. I mean, Fitzpatrick uh, is I'm one actually, of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Grant Grant's getting Grant's getting another point <laughs> for his fearless effort to. For his fearless effort to talk down one of his favorite quarterbacks. Uh, you actually, no, I honestly, you bring up good points about the reasons to like Beathard. I think we're probably all in agreement that Fitzpatrick is a better play. But there are certainly reasons why we could like uh, Beathard this week. Like, it won't surprise me if he puts up 20 points and if Fitzpatrick puts up 14 or 15. Uh, with that said, I think that the likelihood is higher on Fitzpatrick. He's a better play, but I think there's a case to be made for both. Um, well, Bobby, also, we're... you mentioned the fact that he has two good tight ends that they're all, though they're not known for blocking, they can block decently. Uh, they're probably going to have a lot of two tight end sets, in which case they're going to be running the ball and then just doing short dump offs from Fitzpatrick afterwards, safe throws where he's not likely to throw a pick and he doesn't need to get a whole lot of yards against this Jets team that runs at or goes at a slow pace and they aren't going to likely to put up a whole lot of points in this game. Uh, I'd like to point out for listeners that I did not send these questions to Bobby and Grant beforehand, so (laughs) this is like a masterful on-the-fly research from Grant. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to give you a good shot of the point here. Um, Same price range against Indianapolis, Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. It's Le'Veon Bell, and it's not even close. Uh, this game is going to be won with Pittsburgh's defense, which Indy won't be able to move the ball well on, and with Le'Veon on the ground. We know Roethlisberger isn't as good on the road. I'm not going to make that whole argument because I'm tired of it. Bell is a monster. He'll get, he should have 30-plus carries if it, if it even matters at that point, if he's, not, if he's still in the game. I think Pittsburgh absolutely routes Indy in this matchup. I could see Brown getting a lot of work early, but I think Bell throughout the course of the game is the safer play with more upside. I don't even think it's even worth comparing. I just think he's the guy I'm going to ride in this spot. I, I still think Brown is a fine play. I think you can play them both if you want to together. They could, they're going to go nuts in this spot. I think they're going to just destroy this Indy team. But I think it's going to be mostly Bell that does the work. Indy can't stop anybody on the ground or in the air. The truth is that Bell can beat you both ways. So I'm good with Bell. They've, we've seen his workload, his increase. He's got, what does he have, almost 30, 27-plus plus touches in every game after that first, uh, or 25-plus touches in every game after that first game. Uh, 20, uh, I guess he had one was against the Bears with 22. 
But I think it's Bell by a long shot. I don't think it's even close. Uh, Bell is definitely the guy I'm going with. All right, I like it. Grant, what do you have for us? Uh, Brown at probably about, what, let's say a fifth of the ownership, maybe less. Uh, No, 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 no. I I highly disagree. Every every single person's going to play Bell this weekend. It's, it's You don't realize that there's so many cash game teams out there that are entered into GPPs that they cause high upside, very safe running backs to just get drastically higher ownership. I can guarantee that people aren't going to be on Brown nearly as much, but he has seen 10 targets in every single game this season, but w- one which was against Baltimore. Uh, even if they are blowing a team out, Bell, Brown is likely to see, receive a good amount of targets. Uh, he's in... He's in for a decent amount of touchdown regression in the fact that he's going to get a lot more. He only has three on the season with a total of 94 targets, a lot of which have been in the red zone and a lot of which he hasn't caught. Uh, He has had bad matchups for a significant portion of the season. He's gone against Jacksonville, Baltimore, Minnesota. All these teams are great versus wide receiver ones. And now he gets a matchup versus someone terrible who they actually have 61% of the targets which is the third highest portion in the league going to the wide receivers. The majority of those are going to wide receiver ones. Ding, and ding, 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 ding. I don't know how to stop the time, but that's good. <laughs> uh, I feel like, Grant, you could just go all day. Like, we could start talking about games from 1977, and you would have statistics that you'd be pulling out of why a certain player succeeded there. Um, I'm extraordinarily impressed <laughs> with this. But you still don't win that round because Bobby's correct. Le'Veon Bell is the better play. So. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. You play Bell, but <laughs> there are some advantages in like a Millie Maker and avoiding Bell and taking Brown. Uh, I definitely I agree, agree that, that yeah. but it's not going to be five to one. It's going to be something like two to one, two and a half to one. I, I Brown's going to be popular too. We're going to see him under ten percent this week because of the way that uh, a lot of roster wow. construction is going to go out. There are too many mid-priced wide receivers that are great. We got Hilton. We got Funches. Well, and Miami. We yeah, got you Juju, Sterling. think about um, the the teams have disappointed against the Colts the last couple of weeks. I mean, not the not Houston that because nobody was rostering those guys, but the week before AJ Green, everybody was on him. Like I could see people not wanting to pay ninety five hundred for Antonio Brown because you know they paid up eighty six hundred for AJ Green a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, well, I don't want to do that again. I mean, I think that 10% is fair, but I think it's it's fairly accurate that he'll be under 10% um, or in that range with Le'Veon Bell maybe at like 25 or 30. I don't think we'll see 5 to 1, but definitely much higher ownership. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we all agree Le'Veon Bell is the better play, but there's definitely reasons to consider Brown, especially in tournaments. Um, so when we go up to the higher end of the price range at quarterback, um, we end up with a bunch of Guys, like outside of Dak Prescott against Atlanta, it's a lot of guys who are just, you know, in not great spots or maybe a, a spot where it's tough to justify their price tag. So if we go down a little bit more, uh, 6,500, 6,300, we have Matt Ryan and Tyrod Taylor. So Matt Ryan's playing at home against Dallas. Tyrod Taylor's playing at home against New Orleans. So obviously, New Orleans has a better pass defense than they have in the past, but uh, we still expect them to score some points. Tyrod Taylor will be running the ball which adds to his floor. I think it's a really interesting discussion between Matt Ryan and Tyrod Taylor. Um, Tyrod's averaging 16.9 DraftKings points per game. Matt Ryan's averaging 16.8. Between these two, Grant, who do you have? Let Bobby go first. Uh, Bobby. uh, Grant, is that that because you're still doing all your rapid-fire research? No, I can (laughs) can name off anything. I just want to give him the advantage. All right, Bobby, what do you have? I'm I'm not I'm not going to play play against this New Orleans defense anymore. I, I'm a believer now. Uh, it's just it's silly. I, they they literally have, have dominated pretty much almost every game they've played this year, with, except for against a, a few elite opponents. I think that this is a spot where I would definitely go for Ryan. I think there's a lot of upside here. I think this game could really shoot out this Dallas Atlanta game. That's no big surprise. The highest total of the week I think that we have right now. But I think it's definitely Ryan for me. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of pieces of this game, so I don't know how much of them I'll play because I actually kind of like the guy just beneath them a little bit better. 
but I'm taking taking Ryan over Taylor. I feel like Taylor is still like safe to have a decent game, but I'm not going to mess with this New Orleans defense, and I way, way, way prefer the upside that Ryan offers. I don't see Taylor having it in this matchup against this New Orleans D. I don't think it's really that comparable. Probably not going to play either of them a ton, but if I do, it's going to be Ryan. When you say the guy right below that, do you mean Josh McCown? That's who I mean. Wow, I like it. Uh, Grant, what do you have? Uh, well, Matt Ryan is going up against a Dallas team that just faced a semi-similar team uh, in the Chiefs. Alex Smith did not do well in that game outside of a Tyreek just ridiculous thing that happened. If you didn't see it, go watch it. But they can shut down Julio a little bit, which they're not even throwing that much to Julio anymore outside this, that much to Julio anymore outside this last week. But in any case, Tyrod, uh, New Orleans gave up, what was that, 38 rushing yards to an injured Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick rushing in this game. Uh, he's going to be heavily involved. New Orleans isn't great at guarding the running back out of the passing game. They're just mediocre at uh, Mostly what they're good at is shutting down wide receivers one and two, which is not a concern at all for Buffalo because their wide receivers are terrible, although they are coming into their own right as of their last game. Uh Last week, we saw Tyrod Taylor not throw as much to McCoy, so he's going to have a whole lot more of a safety net there. From a strictly upside perspective for fantasy, Tyrod is going to be dumping off the ball enough to McCoy, and he can do enough in the open field where he could potentially get a lot more points. Plus, he has the upside to actually run one in. Matt Ryan's going to end up with 15 points this week, if that. And because of Tyrod Taylor's ability to run against this team that isn't that great against rushing quarterbacks, he has way more upside, and I think he has a safer floor. I think it's ridiculous to say that Atlanta and Kansas City are similar teams. I have no idea where that comes from. They're completely they run, very a great. They, they run their offenses extremely different. It, they're completely different teams, and Julio still has. Atlanta's been mostly at inept at throwing the ball down the field. I mean, if not for one drop, this would be a very different conversation right now. So let's just forget about that. But this is, I mean, it's ridiculous to say they're similar teams. They're not the same thing. And let's not, as, as much as Alex Smith has had a great year, a great half of a season, we've seen that a lot. They're similar in the fact they have two to three great weapons. Both of them it's do. Totally which This team, Dallas's team. All right, well, who goes down to? They're different type of weapons, but it's all about shutting down the number one, two options in the opposing offense, which I think Dallas can do. Okay. Because I don't know why you think they can. They haven't done it except for that one game all year long. <laughs> JM, did I win? Did we lose JM? No. I was on I was on mute the whole time. <laughs> uh I actually I asked like three times if that was your for real answer. I thought you were just ignoring me. Um, do you actually like Tyrod more than Matt Ryan? Did I win? Do you actually like Tyrod more than Matt Ryan? I actually do, strictly from his running ability perspective. I don't like Ryan at all is the problem. Uh, I'll use Cam Newton over either of them by far. Bobby wins because I wanted it to be two to two. So <laughs> it's two to Ouch. two. This is like, I just, Bobby gets the point. Like... <laughs> Trust me, this game is yeah, very fair. Yeah, I'm use McCown and Newton. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah. I McCown, that's interesting that both of you guys are saying this about McCown just because it feels so sketchy to use Josh McCown for 6,100 um, when he's creeping up there in price. But both of you guys like McCown more than these other two? Oh, yeah. McCown and Newton yeah. are way better. It's not even close. All right. Uh, I like that. We're tied going into this round. We'll piggyback off of that same uh, Buffalo offense and talk. Newton. What are you talking about, Newton? Oh, not the main slate. Sorry. Uh, And touch on uh, LaShawn McCoy against New Orleans and Leonard Fournette against the Chargers. Uh, I think that the Fournette side is really interesting. Obviously, the Jags would prefer to run the ball when they can. And the Chargers filter the ball to the ground. Uh, the one concern with Fournette is that the Jags are, you know, perfectly comfortable giving the ball to Chris Ivor, giving the ball to TJ Yeldon. So uh, maybe his his total touches is capped around 25. But uh, we should see a similar number of touches between Fournette and Shady. So Bobby, between these two, who do you have? 
I don't think I'm going to play either of these two, to be honest with you, all that much. I think that Fournette's going to be popular maybe more than he should be, and I'm worried about the same reasons you uh, just mentioned about his limited upside for those carries. And it's a really, really high price tag. So unless we can find some real, real value out there this week, which I'm having a little bit of trouble doing outside of a spot or two, uh, I think it's really tough to go up there. But if I have to pick between the two of them, I'm going to pick Fournette still probably. Uh, I guess Shady for tournaments, I guess, would be the better play, but... Because there's more, you know, there's more upside there. I just still don't want to pick on this New Orleans defense. So by default, I'm going with Fournette here. Um, I st- I like him. I like the spot. I just think it's questionable after all the things, and I don't know enough even about the suspension to to speak to it. So I don't know if maybe they'll do something funny, and it's early in the week to think about it. But I'm not focusing on either of these two. I'd pick Fournette, just all things considered, assuming he can get 25 touches in this spot. Right on. Uh, also worth noting, you brought up uh, workload concer- concerns. I brought up workload concerns. Uh, he's basically going to sit right around two to three catches each game is what he's shown so far as well, which limits the uh, the floor at that price tag compared to some of these other backs up there. Grant, between Fournette and Shady, who do you like more? I, I don't uh, – you said Fournette, yeah. Bobby? Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's shady. It's absolutely shady. This game's projected to be close, and they have to rely very heavily on shady during this game. Uh, New Orleans gives up some of the highest amount of targets to opposing running backs. It's the time of year, I believe. Let's check out what the weather's supposed to be like. Uh, We don't have it yet. But it's time of year in Buffalo where the weather gets a lot worse, so expect them to be passing a lot more. They lead the league in turnover differential, and I think they lead the league in takeaways, which is what... New Orleans has struggled a decent amount this year. I think they have nine on the years. Um, So I could easily see this game being one of those where Breeze very much struggles, and they're giving away the ball quite a bit. They're not going to be on the field that much, and Buffalo's just going to be pounding the ball and dumping it off to Shady the entire time. It's not even close. You don't know what's happening with this entire situation with Fournette. They actually had a whole lot of ivory the weeks beforehand. And I think with the way Yeldon's been handling things, he's going to get more heavy into the mix. It's shady and it's not close. When does Breeze ever not, like, move the chains? Like, what? that's what you're real. You're saying they're not going to stay on the field? That's about this really, this year against Miami. What, so one time this year it happened, and you're going to say that that's, that's, that's the, it's going to happen in this spot? Why? He, they just never do it. And even in that game against Miami. Because uh, was- Buffalo has a great defense. Also, against New England, they only put up 20 points. Against Minnesota, they only put up 19 points. How many first downs did like, they have in that game against Miami? And that, what are you talking? They, they won right that game 20 to nothing. Miami. The game script is so you're saying that it's confusing. He was entirely inept. Did you watch the first half? The first half was absolutely terrible. Drew Brees probably had, what, close to 100 yards? So we, they didn't actually start to do anything in the second he, half. And the only reason he moved the chains... Or be, the no, he was he amazing the whole game. He admitted, I think he had one incompletion at halftime. You watched. You weren't watching the game. You're looking at it from a just strictly... You, a you watched one, inco- one incompletion at halftime. They had three points. They had three points at halftime against an atrocious oh, against Miami D. Five weeks ago. Why are we even talking about this game? One specific game five weeks ago about a player that we're not even talking about. And you said the weather is bad, so they're going to be passing it more. I have no idea if you meant if that was a misspoken thing no, no, or if you actually meant that. That no, doesn't I make a lot of sense. The and then you argued why Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball. So I felt like you were contradicting yourself a lot. I, I don't think I contradicted myself once. Okay. J.M. Uh, Bobby gets the point. <laughs> really? Man. You really think Fournette's a better play? That's ridiculous. So you guys have been wanting for a while to do um, a, a show format where we argue more. Are you guys enjoying it? I am. <laughs> I, I don't know if the <laughs> listeners are, but I think it's fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hey, guys, if you're listening right now and you like it, leave a comment in the comment section. If you think we're absolutely stupid, leave a comment saying we're stupid and this is terrible. There you go. Uh, we caught the end of that. Your internet didn't cut out while you were saying that part, Son too. Biscuit. <laughs> I, I can see some comments coming. I'm going to try something. We'll see if I'm back. So you guys have been wanting for a while to do um, a, a show format where we argue more. Are you guys enjoying it? I am. <laughs> I, I don't know if the listeners are, but I think it's fun. Um, yeah, listeners. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Hey, guys, if you're listening right now, and you like it, leave a comment in the comment section. If you think we're absolutely stupid, leave a comment saying we're stupid and this is terrible.
There you go. Probably uh, we caught the end of that. Your internet didn't cut out while you were saying that part too. <laughs> I, I can see some comments coming. All right, try something. We'll see if I'm back. Uh, all right, great. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> next topic. Uh, this is one for Bobby to get his fourth point. Uh, Bobby. Uh, Keenan Allen versus Jacksonville. His price has plunged because uh, he's had a couple of down games, but more than that because players are just getting priced down against Jacksonville. Uh, Keenan Allen versus Jacksonville or Robbie Anderson versus Tampa Bay. Obviously, Robbie Anderson's surface stats look really good lately, but he's been getting about five targets per game, and they're not necessarily high-floor targets. So between Keenan and Robbie Anderson, who do you have this week? I definitely think it's worth taking a shot on Keenan Allen. Like I'm not a guy who wants to play anybody against Jacksonville. I wanted to, I should have started this off by saying there's no way you're going to give me my fourth point no matter what I do because I know you're <laughs> so I'm pretty much hopeless here, but it's Keenan Allen and it's not even close just because of the upside, the targets. Um, they're going to be there. It's, it's a spot where it should be a competitive game. I'm actually curious to see what happens. The Chargers are pretty good at playing everyone close and – I I think Keenan Allen is so cheap that you have to really consider him pretty much against anyone at this price, just because of the volume and, and upside alone uh, that comes with it. So yeah, I definitely have some interest in him. There's just some other guys in the price range though that I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Um, like I mean, I, I didn't you know Devontae Adams or J, you know or Nelson Jordy you know whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have played those guys either, but I did think or even Benjamin. There's a lot of guys in that price range that could be interesting. Um, but I think Keenan Allen is the guy I would take my shots with. Uh, other than Shepard, who you mentioned earlier. Right on. Uh, I actually think Robbie Anderson's really interesting. Grant, what are your thoughts here between these two? Yeah, he's still getting a decent amount of targets every single game. He has 57 on the season, which, I do my math, that's about six a game, and it's actually gotten, I think, higher towards the end. Uh, What's-his-nuts just got suspended for four games curly, which will give a slight boost to him, but nothing significant. But he is going against probably the worst passing defense in the entire league in Tampa Bay. They are just atrocious. Um, we've seen it week in and week out as someone to target. And you're going to get Allen at significantly lower ownership than Allen, or Anderson at significantly lower ownership than Allen because ever, a lot of people are going to be on him. But in the past few weeks, he really hasn't had that many targets. He had 10 almost every single week up until the Giants and then 9 against a terrible Oakland defense, down to 7 against Denver and 5 against New England in what was an up-paced game. Uh, I don't think that they're relying on him nearly as heavily. They're starting to roll more towards Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. I think they're going to be running the ball more with Gordon, which is what they've been doing in the offense lately. Uh, I mean, with high ownership compared to low ownership, I think it's a better move to go Robbie Anderson. All right. Uh, One other point to add on there is Robbie Anderson ranks, let's see, seventh in the NFL in percentage share of team air yards. The only guys ahead of him, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Pretty impressive list. Obviously, the reason why Robbie Anderson's stats don't match with those guys is because, as noted, uh, you know, he's not catching as many of his targets. It's it's lower percentage targets, and he's not a great wide receiver. But the opportunity is definitely there. I don't know that I think ownership will actually be that big of a gap just because I don't think people will go to Keenan with a week to process the matchup, I think you can get him well below 10% as well. But uh, I definitely like Robbie Anderson more myself. So, Grant, I'll give you the point. I'm also curious if you actually like Robbie Anderson more or uh, if you actually like Keenan Allen more, given your affinity for Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm going to wait for the ownership report on him, but this seems like a similar situation to the both the times they faced the Broncos in terms of a similar defense. He got seven targets in the second one, ten the first. A lot of the second one was game flow, but he's just not really getting touchdowns on. At, at all pretty much and he's not converting on a huge amount of these targets he is a great route runner so i think i actually am going more towards allen and assuming it's going to be a similar situation to the brown situation where he had 19 targets and 10 catches just they're honestly a little bit similar wide receivers i mean Keenan allen's a bit worse but they're both great route runners so i i probably tend to lean a little bit towards allen assuming he has lower ownership than i think he's going to uh, Bobby, if ownership projects to be about the same, does that sway anything for you, or would you still lean toward Keenan Allen in that situation? 
I would lean towards Keenan Allen, and uh, yeah, I could have taken Robbie Anderson with just the reason uh, I'd be afraid Keenan Allen will punch Ramsey in the face. <laughs> How uh, do you not get suspended for that, and then Evans is suspended? I'm confused. I think it was because Green got kicked out of the game, and Evans didn't. So it's like he's having to take his punishment after I the fact. Oh no, he did. That's right, he didn't. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and and I mean Evans was. It was like blindsided, uh, and I mean that was both of them were pretty crazy. I've never seen like two things like that on the same Sunday. But if you're from Jalen Ramsey, and then there was another fight with Hyde, yeah, and then there was another fight with Hyde, uh, yeah. Uh, if you're Jalen Ramsey, though, you technically did your job, right? You you took AJ Green out of the game. He did not make an impact on the Absolutely. field, so you gotta you gotta feel good about that. Yes. Um, all right. So speaking of Carlos Hyde. Our next one is two guys who I'm kind of surprised at their price tags, and as and I would think they would be closer to you know 7.1k or so. I do think they're both underpriced. They're both obviously a little more expensive, but uh, Jarek McKinnon and Carlos Hyde, and they've basically been seeing the same workload. They're both going to see about 12 to 16 carries. They're both seeing six to nine targets. Uh, the the difference in the way it feels to pay up is that Hyde is the lead back and McKinnon is splitting work with Latavius Murray, who is getting 19 carries a game. But uh, that should be able to continue this week against Washington with how good Minnesota's defense is. Obviously, if some of the carries evaporate, McKinnon's the one who will see catches. So I think it's an interesting uh, comparison between these two, both a little bit cheaper than Alvin Kamara, who's actually seeing a lighter workload. So, uh, Bobby, between McKinnon and Hyde, who do you have? Hyde, and for me, it's not close. I like Hyde a ton this week, and I'm not on McKinnon at all. I way, way, way prefer Hyde's situation. The Giants really um, have been actually been surprisingly really bad against running backs, and we've seen – look at Hyde's targets go up 8, 9, and 11 the last three weeks. I think you can expect a lot of uh, – either either way, whether he's getting – you know, and he's I think he has, still has more or as many carries, if not more, than anyone inside the five-yard line. I think I read that the other day, but I'm not sure if it was before Sunday. Um Anyway, he's uh, he's easily the play here for me. I don't know about McKinnon in this spot against Washington. I think he's probably in a, in a solid spot to have a decent game, but I absolutely love Hyde's upside, and I feel like even his floor in this spot is really good. I, I sort of like pairing him on the other side with, you know, maybe maybe not Eli, but you know, using Shepard on the other side or somebody on the other side of this game. I could see the I could see the Niners um, having success on the ground, and I could see the Giants having a ton of success through the air. So, I'm definitely interested in Hyde in this game in general. Yeah, you bring up a good point with the carries inside the five-yard line. Uh, he's now second in the NFL with 11. Todd Gurley's only one ahead of him with 12. Everyone else in the league has eight or fewer carries inside the five-yard line. Uh, that definitely makes a big difference in expectations, especially given that McKinnon does not get the first crack at goal line work. Grant, do you have anything that could sway us the other direction? Uh, no, because there's nothing you should say that could sway you the other direction. It's just a terrible idea. I've been talking about Hyde for, like, what? three weeks now talking about how his targets have been trending up talking about how he's getting nine the difference between mckinnon and hyde is hyde is essentially game script proof if they're up they're going to run him if they're down then they're going to pass to him he got 11 targets this last week and they just ruled kittle out for this weekend so now they're down garcon and now they're down kittle and they're using a quarterback that they're not using for the future anymore. So they're going to rely way heavier on the running back. The Giants are 22nd DVOA versus the run. And I could they, even if they're coming from behind, Hyde gets catches. If they're going from ahead, that means they probably got a touchdown and or they're going to run the ball. So everything in this matchup points towards Hyde. And everything in the Minnesota matchup, like very little of it goes towards McKinnon. I mean, still splitting the backfield. Grant, do you want the point for this one, or do you want Bobby to get the point? I think I should get the point because I've been talking about Hyde being great for weeks. All right, you get the point, yeah, but then Bobby's going to get the Bobby's going to win the next point. So your internet's been out half the time while you were talking about it, so I should get all the points. <laughs> I think it's still recording. Like the the program is still recording it on my end, so people at least hear it. I think. Really, that would be. I, I hope. I, I, who knows? Uh, I could hear most of what you said that time. Every day, man. Every day. Um, yeah, ever since week five, when I rostered, I paid 900 more for Carlos Hyde than Melvin Gordon against the Giants. And uh, that was the week that Hyde got basically benched for most of the game. Uh, ever since then, I've been a bit scarred 
and I've <clears throat> been frightened to go back, but uh, definitely a tremendous spot and tremendous price tag on Carlos Hyde this week. Uh, so Grant has a four to three lead as we go into the last question. And this is, oh, I didn't realize that you can have uh, it, Bobby. <laughs> Uh, the two highest priced wide receivers below Antonio Brown, Julio Jones against Dallas and AJ Green at Tennessee. Uh, obviously, uh, playing at home is a good spot for Julio. Playing against Dallas is a good spot. AJ Green's stats are significantly better on the road. Tennessee has a poor secondary. So, Bobby, between these two, who do you have? Well, we have to know whether Julio can walk first. Um, that was pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah assuming health, and that's another I, I, issue. Is I assume he'll this, play health. I assume he'll play. I don't think he's going to play healthy. But even still, I'm taking AJ Green, and I know that's a shocker because I'm the biggest Julio lover of them all. But I, I'm also the biggest Tennessee secondary hater of them all. Tennessee's gotten away with some really, really soft cake matchups, and I think that this is a great spot to take Green. I would love to play both of them, to be honest with you, uh, assuming Julio is healthy and make put my receivers out like that. I think that's a really, really really, really high upside play on both their parts. And I'm also curious where the ownership's going to land because the pricing is pretty tight this week. So I don't know where it's going to end up. I know they'll probably obviously garner some decent ownership, but I don't know exactly how high it'll be. I, I don't agree with anyone who is going to talk about f- fading Julio in general going for Like the guy almost just had the best week of anybody in the NFL. He still had 12 targets. Like people have got to chill on some of this stuff. I mean, he, he deserves whatever he gets for dropping that ball, but that's like it. There's this guy is not. He's still one of the top three receivers, the number two receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. I just like AJ Green in this spot much better against the Tennessee defense that I have been trying to target against all year. They just keep getting these really, 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 really bad matchups to target against. Grant, any chance you can swing us toward a, uh, toward Julio Jones in this spot? Yeah, uh, he's finally getting a much more significant workload. That finally realized that they need to be targeting him more, and it's worked out. Or it's happened in the last few weeks. I mean, they had a lead on the Jets, so he had six targets in that game. But New England and Carolina, he had 13 and 12 targets. They realized that they need to make him the focal point of this offense. He's been injured throughout his entire career, and he still put up ridiculous games every once in a while when he's injured. And I think it's, what, an ankle sprain, right? It's like it's lower leg injuries. It's like his entire lower leg, I think. He looked like he could barely walk at the end of the game. calf, ankle, whatever. So we're assuming fully healthy here. I mean, Dallas is 25th in DVOA to the wide receiver. They give they have one of the highest target percentages to wide receivers in the league. We saw how they handled Tyreek Hill's little Hill Mary, which is what they called it, which I thought was a humorous pun. Um, I'm going to get this point regardless, or Bobby is, I don't know. It's going to be tied after this no matter what because that's apparently what we decide. But he's getting significantly more targets. There's still a chance maybe that A.J. Green could get suspended. I did jazz hands during that. But he just has a better matchup. He's going to get lower ownership because of the injury worries. It's supposed to be a closer game with Atlanta and Dallas. And he, like, I mean, look at DVOA. Uh, Get every single aspect, Tennessee ranks better than Dallas does. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they've gotten a lot better in recent weeks. No, they haven't. Dave, let me read their last opponents to you just to prove this. They played Baltimore. Cleveland, Indianapolis, Miami. That's how. That's how they got better. That's how you get better in football. You you, you play those teams, all of a sudden your your pass defense looks awesome, unless you're the Raiders. Like that's ridiculous. They've had no. Look at the teams they've actually faced. The number one receivers they've actually faced that are actually worth anything in the NFL. They had Doug Baldwin, who went completely nuts. I think at thirty again. What, what did he have against them? I don't remember exactly what it was. I know. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, had a good game. DeAndre Hopkins had twenty nine point five or twenty nine point something against them. Those are the those are the number ones against them so far. You you are gonna get lit up in this spot by AJ Green. It's such it's not even close. It's a landslide got, in my opinion. I got ninety eight yards from Jeremy Macklin on my main team this last week. I, I said Jeremy Macklin. Oh, was, sorry. I, was, I thought it was on this show, <laughs> man. I, I couldn't remember if it was on this show or not. I thought I, I I said it on some show with Grant. I couldn't remember which one it was. Uh, well, Bobby gets a point for sheer feistiness. Um, I do think that AJ Green is the better play, but obviously would not surprise me. Like like Bobby said, we'd love to have you know both these guys if you could. It would not surprise me if both of them went off for a big game. I do think that there's merit to fading Le'Veon Bell in a tournament and paying up at wide receiver, similar to what Cal did the week he won the Millie Maker, where 
just a lot of these higher priced receivers are going to be lower owned because people are looking at running back. Uh, I think that Bell is a better play, but looking at game theory and all that, there's you know still a strong chance that these wide receivers could put up 25 to 30, that maybe Bell only puts up 17 or 18. So I do think that, that all of these high priced guys are viable. Which brings us to a lightning round, and Grant, you get the advantage of going first here because this is this tilts in your favor, and this is a celebrity dating question. Would you rather date George Clooney or John Goodman? Grant, let's hear it. John Goodman is a terrible person in real life, I've heard. I've heard he's not fantastic. Clooney isn't either, but he seems to finally have settled down and stopped being just a complete playboy. I mean, he's married now, isn't he? Right? He's incredibly <laughs> handsome. You get the you get the fact that you can say that you are dating who was named the sexiest man alive. I think more than once. It's not even a question. John Goodman may be jolly and funny, but it's it's George Clooney. Not even close. It's Bobby. so it's so George Clooney. It's not even close for like none of the reasons that you mentioned at all. It's absolutely ridiculous that you would state just. I, first of all, I don't know about John, their personality, John Goodman's personality too well, too well. But I do know that George Clooney. I have no problem with him as a person. Why is he just considered a bad person who's finally settled down and now all of a sudden he's good because he's married? What is this? This is not 1937. What is the matter with you? Like, you settle down and be married. No, no, no. I'm saying he was a playboy. He's a guy that he wouldn't be great to date because you don't know if you're going to be dumped at any given time or you don't know if he's going to be going after other women outside. You don't know what's going to happen. You can obviously not worry about that with John Goodman, but now that he's (laughs) ready to commit to things, then it's a completely different situation. You know, he's, it's not he, that he's a bad person. It's that you're not sure he's going to commit to you. And now you know he has that capability. No, we always knew he had that capability. He's a human being who was just a man who could have any woman he wanted. It's very, very hard. It takes long. Yeah, many human beings don't want to get married, don't want to settle down. All it's right. very common. Yeah, bad news. The correct answer was John Goodman. So this this game... Goes, I guess it goes to me as the moderator. So, congratulations to me and Fair. thanks you guys for playing. Really appreciate it. Uh, better luck next week. Why is the correct answer John Goodman? I want to hear why now. Uh, John Goodman is uh, he has a soft soul. He is humorous, so he can make light of the downward spiral of his career. Um, and downward spiral. He was in Community. That's an upward spiral. Oh, no, I mean the forthcoming downward spiral. Uh, Wait. And, you know, once he starts dating you and the things get weird in the public and it, then people realize he's John Goodman and they're like, why are we paying this guy big money to be in our movies? It all starts from there. Um, and I feel like he'd be really good around the house as far as fixing things and, and whatnot. So John Goodman's a keeper. Simple as that. Uh, so that brings us to... Love at First Sight, where, uh, Grant, I don't know if you have a story for us this week. Did you fall in love with anyone this last weekend? Uh, and then let us know what game is standing out to you at the front end of the week. Um, yeah, I guess I fell in love with the DMV. Just this absolutely beautiful woman comes in there. We're getting our photos taken because I didn't renew my license. Um, so she comes in there, and she was really confused what about what to do. Cause, huh? Did I, did I, did I get lost? Am I still here? No, I mean, yeah, maybe. Not to us, but who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but in any case, there was a weird little line, and she asked me what to do, and I told her, you're technically supposed to go to the line, but there's, you're, I'm the only person here. Just come up behind me. And so what she did was walk around it three times and then yell sangria, and I just thought that was the most special thing in the world. I mean, just me personally, that's just a beautiful thing. I love sangria. In any case, I don't know how this... It just something you wouldn't expect is the New York Giants and the the San Francisco 49ers or the San Francisco Giants. Who knows which team they're going to throw out there. It's going to be a great game. Like I said, I love Hyde. Like, he's a great play in this. Um, this is going to be one of those spots where you're going to be able to get all their wide receivers if you want, whichever pairs of them if you want, for near min price, I believe. I haven't checked the price this week, but I'm sure it's terrible. Kittle's ruled out. So essentially you have 
three minimum price guys are going to be the main pass catchers in this game in a game where they're going to have to come from behind going against a terrible Giants defense. So this is a beautiful spot on the other end, too, because you have Shepard and Ingram being the main focus of this lineup when they're favored by seven points. They're not going to rely a whole lot on Darkwell, although he is a pretty decent play. I haven't looked at his price yet, but I can guarantee that it's a lot lower than it should be going against this yeah, it's 4,500. San Francisco is a terrible run defense, and they're going to be ahead. You have five pieces that you can get in this game at just incredibly low price, plus hide. All right, Bobby, what's standing out to you at the front end of the week? Well, I don't want to be the obvious guy and say the obvious game, so I'm going to leave that Dallas-Atlanta one for you or or to to the gods. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ju- use I'm, their help. Yeah, other than just trying to get as much of Pittsburgh's offense, which everybody's going to do, and because Dallas and Atlanta are so popular, I'm going to go with a really, the, the one that we were talking about a minute ago in Cincinnati and Tennessee. Uh, I think that if you want to make money, bet the over. Look at these teams' recent opponents, and you'll see why and which spots they gave up points and which they didn't. This is a spot where the, both these teams have a really, really good chance to go off. Cincinnati's defense is, I think they're actually solid, but I think Cincinnati's offense will be able to put so much pressure on them and Mariota is a great junk time quarterback, so I think this is actually a really good game for fantasy. Uh, you can take either side of it. Uh, it's hard to know on on Tennessee exactly who I'd want. I'd have to probably do a little more looking digging. But obviously, AJ Green, Dalton, Mariota, and uh, depending on, I guess you got to depend on Walker's health and then whether you want to play Matthews or not. I don't know if you want to go there exactly, but this is a game I could see there definitely being some upside in. And also, I think that even in a seemingly bad spot against a pretty good run defense. Maybe Mixon breaks out uh, one of these days, and I'm willing to give him another shot probably in this spot just because uh, I'm looking to save and pay up a receiver like you mentioned earlier. Man, yeah, the, the workload is there for Mixon. Uh, it's just a matter of time, you'd think, until he hits. I mean, look, on this this week's slate, we have uh, Houston and the LA, LA Rams at 46.5, but the Rams are 12-point favorites, so an absolute blowout. Pittsburgh and India at 44.5, but Pittsburgh's a 10-point favorite. Another absolute blowout. Everything else basically is is 42 points or below, except for Dallas and Atlanta. So it's it's no secret that that's the place people are going to look. It's no secret that these you know two teams heading up the blowouts are the other two places to really look. Uh, so I think it's cool to touch on these lower priced um, low. I mean these uh, lower total games. I think that another one is the Jets and the Buccaneers. It's a game that we touched on earlier, but basically just you know the Jets are going to have success through the air it's weird to target josh mccown it's weird to target matt forte and robbie anderson but against tampa the jets are going to have success and then this will turn it over to tampa side where ryan fitzpatrick will have to get a little more aggressive i think that the bucks will go a lot of two tight end with oj howard and cameron Braid. i think that fitzpatrick will use both of them pretty heavily so i think that both guys will be viable this week um i think deshaun jackson will have some opportunities for big plays and i just think it's a spot where it wouldn't surprise me if there are some very fantasy usable pieces, especially when we factor in price. Um, definitely not a game we're all going out of our way to target with Atlanta and Dallas on the board, but uh, definitely a spot where I think we can get some good stuff. Um, that brings us to bold calls, which I don't, I mean, we could definitely pull some stuff from our either ors earlier, but uh, I don't know. Where, where do you guys think we should go this week? Um, we can go mid price quarterbacks. Uh, we could go mid price running backs. We can go quarterbacks don't matter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, we could we could do wrong. bold calls on whether or not quarterbacks matter. Uh, I mean, just they, you know what I mean. They're all going to end up bunched up in the same range. Oh yeah, kind of like you know, Goff going off a of thirty three this week, and all the other guys. You didn't need him to win. You could have won without him. I'm just saying. Like anyway, let's get on to a position that matters. How about that? <laughs> Bobby, you want to pick the position? I you don't pick care the position what, and price range. It should be one that matters. I think we spend way too much time in DFS in the world talking about quarterbacks. Bobby, pick a position and a, and a price range blind. No, no, I want Grant to pick it. I want Grant to pick it and pick his guy. All right, Grant, blind. Pick a position and a price range. Go. Let's go. I haven't looked at this. Let's go mid-range tight ends. Mid-range as in what? Like uh, 4K 3, to 6K? 4,000. Oh my god, that's a lower that's a low end tight end. They they, they priced him up more. <laughs> okay. All right, th- let's go three and a half to four and a half. No, that's not All great right. either. There's not many people on this slate. Oh gosh, this is terrible. All right, we're not going tight ends. Uh, let's do mid price wide receivers. 
All right, mid price. What does that mean? Uh, five to seven k. All right, and we'll take Sterling Shepard out. Are you guys good with that? Yeah. All right. All right, I'm going to take Robbie Anderson. All right, Bobby, go ahead. Wait, we're talking about what's the price range again? Sorry, one more time. Five to seven k wide receiver point per dollar. Five to seven k. I can't go below five k, huh? Um. Wow, I've had a really – it's not a bold one, but he hasn't done it yet. Uh, shoot, I had my guy who was beneath 5K. Uh, if you want to go if you want to go lower, I'll go Marquise Lee. Okay, I like that actually, that call a little bit. Um, but if we went below 5K, then I, I really like Deshaun also, but I don't think that's bold. So, you know what? My guy was actually – I was looking at a different thing. All right, um, I'm going to go back for my – this sucks. I wish I really wish I would have thought about this one a little more. I'm going to go back to Keenan Allen just based on past history workload. I think that there's a chance for a big game just based on the price alone. Uh, of everybody in this range, you could make a good argument for Hilton, too, at home, even though I, I trust Pittsburgh's defense. So I, I don't feel great about it. I don't really feel good about making this bold call because I don't feel that bold about it. But um, I do think Keenan Allen is likely to have a solid game and you know, probably 3x to 4x his value for his price and has upside even on that. Perfect. I'll take Robbie Anderson against it then, and then uh, Grant takes Marquise Lee. I'll go. Jo- I'll go Jordy Nelson. To go okay, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. I like it. We're all there. Um, all right. So now that I've secured a win for next week, look for my tweet on Tuesday. Uh, Bobby, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no, I think that uh, good luck to everyone this week, and thanks for tuning in. I, I hope uh, everyone's been doing a little bit better than I have, and I'm ready to turn this season around. There we go. Uh, Grant, what about you? What what wisdom do you have for the people? I looked under my couch today and found a wedding invite envelope from two and a half <laughs> years ago. Um, clean under your couches more often. It's, it's a very dirty place, and you don't know what you might find there. Uh, from the resident George Clooney of our bunch, someday Grant will settle down with a fine lady who will help him look after himself. Uh, for... <laughs> for Grant, for Bobby, I'm JM to win. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. We'll see you at the top of the leaderboards this weekend.